there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. Our little jank-tastic mic stand. One of these days, Shan. We'll be professionals at some point. One of these days. We have plans, people. We have plans. We've got big plans, but not today and after the holidays. (laughs) We are going to let seasonal depression (laughs) run its course. (laughs) We'll check back in in spring uh, when things start blooming and... The sun is on a different uh, angle. Vitamin Vitamin D D, um, is more prevalent. More Um, readily accessed. I'm able to run more so that serotonin levels are real high at that time. We can go on a few more hikes. Oh, God, yes, please. Hiking. That'd be great. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. I think that'll fix it. Yes, yes, it will. (laughs) Okay. I noticed when I was listening, re-listening to these podcasts where before we start, we both go, okay. All right. So listen. Stop looking, listen. (laughs) This week, I really, I couldn't do um, a full-on murder. I couldn't. Like, I needed something. I get it, bro. That wasn't like this poor woman lost her life. I couldn't. So, and have I, you noticed we've done a lot of female murders? We I have, think we need to deviate to like some men, so it's not so personally dark for us. It's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. We'll write that down. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. You're fine. Um, I decided to do an I survived. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> okay. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Do you remember when I lived with Kara? Obviously, you remember, but yeah. <laughs> when Kara and I lived together, we watched I Survived every time it came on. That show, it's, and she can't do it anymore. She told me she cannot do, she can't do murder and true crime and stuff anymore. But we were religious yeah. I Survived watchers. Yeah. And at this point in my life, sometimes I do things like go on hikes or mm-hmm. driving down the road by myself or go running or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, I remember an episode of I Survived starting like this. Right? (laughs) Because it was so fucking terrifying. Yeah. Oh, my God, it was terrifying. And so a couple of episodes ago, I don't know if we've released it yet, but we were talking about 911 calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how we can both read about true crime. We can listen to it. We can um, watch things over it. But to listen to a 911 call... His gut-wrenching to me. Right. Watching survivors recant their (gasps) traumatic experiences. Yes. Also. Yes. That same gut-wrenching, oh, my God. Yes. What they must have went through. Anyway. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, um, you know when we were young – uh, they have that show called uh, 911, 911 yeah. Emergency. Uh-huh. 
Um, I think that may have been where my anxiety disorder started <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Every anxiety disorder. Oh, I would not doubt that. Because one kid got, like, ran over by a lawnmower. Oh, and I was God. like, oh, shit, I'm too uh, young for this. <laughs> I'm too young for this. I really think I was too young to watch Unsolved Mysteries when it came out. Agree. Agree. And Robert Stack's voice is <gasps> terrifying anyway. It was just the best. Like, that intro music? Forget it. I almost watched an episode of Unsolved Mysteries the other day, but it was a UFO episode, and you know I am a no on that. So I was like, mm, mm, mm. I love the UFO stuff. Mm-mm. I love it. Oh, my God. Can't do it. So good. Anyway, that and hauntings, sorry. like, bring them. I love them. But you're that person, and I am not. I'm terrified of all of the things that are probably fake. <laughs> I'm terrified of all of that shit that is probably fake. But give me a good serial killer, like a real like, life serial killer, and I'm in. You're like, let me just deep dive into yeah, this, all the rabbit holes. Deep dive into all of that real life information. But when you're telling me about a haunting at a manor or like a UFO formation over Mexico, I'm like, oh, fuck that. No. Yeah. When we, when we take our next trip to the UK and we stay at a manor home and <sighs> we know for a fact those homes are hundreds of hundreds of years old. I won't sleep. I know I won't. That'd be great. Anyway. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so, there are a few I Survive stories that I will never forget. Um, Mary Vincent being one of them. Yeah. Never mm-hmm. forget that. Mm-hmm. If if you all have not heard the Mary Vincent story, please Google it. It is She wrote insane. a book, did she not? I think so. I, I believe so. so. Um, <clears throat> insane story of survival. Um just just amazing this is my second one this one still i i learned about this one what four years ago now um and it's still sometimes i it like pops into my brain i'm like how anyway okay so this is the story of ellen um halbert oh okay okay tell me more i don't know the story yeah i i think you will i might I, I think but. you will once i start telling the story so and can i say before you start sorry yes, yes. i'm holding your foot right yes. now you're touching caressing my foot. your foot uh-huh. um the other day a friend of mine reached out to me and she was like uh do you guys tell each other what you're gonna do before you do it and i'm like no not Mm-mm. typically Mm-mm. and she's like you can tell because you can tell that the like the interactions are genuine and you guys aren't just like reading off right a piece of paper to be like oh well what did the dna say or whatever right right like scripted so, questions or scripted yeah. yeah no we're flying by the seat of our pants we make shit up as we go basically all the time <laughs> we have so many questions <laughs> and our reactions are real <laughs> shit okay <laughs> We are not scripted. No. I would screw that up. So, but I- Dude, I can't read off. You know I can't read off a teleprompter. Like, I can barely, the notes that I jot down on my <laughs> Word document, I can barely get that shit together. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I could do a teleprompter. However, I would need multiple um, practice sessions beforehand. Yeah. Just to make sure the inflection in my voice is proper and, you know, um enunciation and where i whatever that's why you're the phoebe judge of this podcast oh phoebe judge i hope one day she listens to us and is just like you guys are doing great 
These are my dreams that I have. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Totally. Yep. I love it. I love this journey for you. One day we'll be able to actually see her live because yeah, because we have tickets. Over. Yeah, to see her at some point in time. Yeah. COVID. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back to our story. Sorry. You're fine. <laughs> Now a word from our no. Um, we have no sponsors. Uh, we can make some up. You know what? I, I bet Ryan would sponsor us. Oh, totally. He's basically sponsoring us right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He hung the blankets. We have a sound guy. <laughs> We've got a sound guy and a blanket guy. And a blanket guy. <laughs> does help, though, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I love it. It's amazing. Okay. We are getting way sidetracked here. Yeah. I've got to tell you this I'm story. Sorry. It is. I need to start taking my ADHD medicine before we do these. Please don't, because it's too fun. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to go to a morning um, in September of 86. Okay. In Austin, Texas. Ooh. So we're going to travel south. South of the border. Yeah. So... After um, her husband leaves to go golfing, children are at school, Ellen Halbert, or Halbert, I'm sorry, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, um, decides to get ready for her day, like normal stuff, breakfast, newspaper. Living her best life. Yeah. things, right? She's got everybody out of the house. She's having some me time. God yep. bless her. Yes. Well, unbeknownst to Ellen and her family... 18-year-old um, Troy Wigley was um, hiding in their attic. Oh, no. Fuck. Mm-mm. Yep. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yep. Nope. I'm going to know on all that. Yep. So, um, as Helen was getting out of the shower, um, going to walk from her bathroom to her closet to grab her robe, she notices a man hiding in the corner of her bathroom. Uh, okay. This is is her daylight. house fucking gigantic? Yes, they lived in a very prominent neighborhood in Austin, Texas. Yes. Okay, so, okay. Because I'm just imagining someone hiding in the corner of my bathroom, and I can see them hiding in the corner of my bathroom. Because <laughs> no. there, no. there's yeah. only I'm, four corners. I'm assuming it's probably a good size. But this is in the 80s, so master baths were not huge back in the 80s. Jeez. Okay, go on. So, okay. Sorry. This isn't even important. I don't know why I care about it's the fine. square footage of this but house. He was, mm. he is in the corner. Hashtag I love real estate. Okay. Yes, you too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So notice as a man hiding in the corner, he's in all black. Oh, she, uh. she described it as a ninja suit. Okay. He was covered head to toe in black hands, had gloves on his hands. The only thing mm. that she could see was the skin around his eyes and his eyes. No. Right. RSVP, no. Her brain not being able to register what she's seeing. Yeah. Thinks it's a joke and laughs. Like she laughs. And then immediately is like, oh, no, this is not a joke. Is is she okay? You might not even be able to answer this question. Is she thinking her husband is like playing a joke on her? Like he came back from golf and is just like, huh, I'm gonna scare the probably shit on my wife or something. Probably. Like, yes, probably so. Like that's she her first. She doesn't state that in the I survived. 
yeah. um, episode, but she was like, I thought it was at first a joke and laughed, like kind of did a little audible giggle type of situation. Okay. And then realized immediately, no, it it's not. Um, and she then said, you know, started screaming at him to get out. Yeah. To which he starts screaming at her to get on the ground. She says they then began to, like, tussle. Like, yeah, you know, she was not, like... <laughs> yeah, she's not, not going to get on the ground mm-hmm. for him. No, fuck mm-hmm. that guy. No. Um, I did forget to mention one thing. In, um, in one hand, he had a very large knife. She- I... This is my actual worst nightmare, mm-hmm. and I know I say that every time, mm-hmm. but someone hiding in my house, mm-hmm. in the attic, mm-hmm. like, living in my attic is my actual nightmare fuel. Right. Yeah. Um. Also, before we started, <laughs> I really... I want to give trigger warnings. It's getting ready to get very graphic. And so if there is anyone that cannot handle the graphic nature of this attack, because she goes into great detail of this attack. So it's very graphic. Okay. I just want to give you and anyone that is listening that might be triggered by graphic details of attacks. Okay. And this was your escape from murder? Because she survived, Shan, let me tell you. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay. Sometimes you just need a really (laughs) really badass woman that can survive. Yeah. And just like, you know what? I'm stronger this. I'm... (sighs) Okay. Compose. Compose. We're good. Get your shit together, Shy. Yep. (laughs) Ooh, I'm owning my bullshit. Okay. So... Um, start kind of um, fighting back and forth. He soon knocks her to the floor, like backhands her with his left hand, knocks her to the floor, still in her brain. She's like, you're not getting me on this floor and jumps up. Yes. He hits her again. Uh-huh. And um, she gets up again. But this time she sets herself down on the bed. She's like, okay. He's just gonna keep hitting me until I. But she's like, I'm not getting on the floor. Yeah, no, you can't. You gotta. You gotta have some sort of leverage, mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. something to leverage off of. Right. Yeah. So, at one point, he starts to taunt her with the knife, drags it across her feet, says that his knives are sharper than hers, like really is taunting her. And then soon starts tying her up. So he binds her hands behind her back, her ankles together. Then he tells her to put her head down and to close her eyes. No. Mm -mm. Well, she does. Oh. And he takes off his mask and ties it around her eyes, around her head. Oh, like as a blindfold? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But she doesn't ever see his face because her her head's down, right? Correct. Ugh. Right. Barf. Okay. So the whole time he's doing all of this, he's talking to her. He's telling her that he's a drifter, 
that he's been drifting for like two months, that he needed money, um, and that he had um, been in her attic for two days. He knew details of the past two days that someone not being in an attic wouldn't Right. Know. So he was definitely in there yes. hanging out. Yeah. He knew her husband was going golfing, knew the kids were gone. He also said, it's a shame you can't see me. I'm a very handsome man. Oh, fuck off mm-hmm. with your bullshit. Mm-hmm. So trying to think of ways to not anger him. Like she's like, okay, now we got to maybe take another stance at this and try to de-escalate the situation. Yeah, like there's 20 bucks in my wallet. Have a yeah. great life. Yeah. Take Shh. whatever you want and go away. 100%. She's like, I have money. I can take you to the bank. I will let you have all the money. Like, just don't hurt me. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, none of this works. He um, then tells her he is going to rape her. And that he will get away with it. No one would ever find out it was him. So he then cuts the tape binding her ankles Uh and rapes her. Okay. Okay. Tells her how much he enjoyed it, which is just. I just can't. I just hate. Nope. mm. Just can't. Mm -mm. Ties her back up. And then goes and takes a shower. So she's laying there on the bed. Yeah. Completely tied up. He's in the shower. She's like, there's no way I can get out. My legs are taped together. My hands are behind my back. She's like, what am I going to do? Hop downstairs. She's like, he'll definitely kill me. Right? So she's she just doesn't know what to do. So after showering and putting his ninja suit back on. He then brings a check to Ellen that he had written for $600 and told her to sign it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. She's like, sweet. Or take me to a fucking ATM and we'll get this over in five minutes. Like, like if you just want $600 and I live in a Rissy Titsy house in Austin, I will get you $600. I probably have $600 in my purse right now. Right. Like, We'll get this over real, real fucking quick. Right. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, obviously, he's taken the blindfold off her, and he he has the mask back on, um, untapes her hands. She signs her check. Shannon. Shy. He then tells her his name so she could write it on the check. Okay. Listen, I'm, this guy's a fucking amateur. This is amateur hour mm-hmm. nonsense mm-hmm. right here. The, like, okay, go ahead, go okay. ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but if, but also if he's telling her his name, mm-hmm. he doesn't intend for her to so. survive this for any length of time. Right. Just for him to be able to cash the check and go on with right. this. Life. Right. Okay. Okay. So, ties her back up, then tells her to go into the bathroom and lie face down on the floor. Nope. Not doing that. So, she hops to the bathroom. And she says she lays down in a fetal position with her head on the floor and her knees kind of curled up. Right. 
He then hits Ellen in the head with a hammer. Oh. Mm -hmm. He's got a hammer. Stabs her in her left breast. Hits her again in the head. Then stabs her twice in the back of the neck. Jesus. Mind you, Ellen is completely conscious throughout the whole thing. I need you to keep this in mind. She does not lose consciousness. And it's getting ready to get real bad. Oh, that's not even the bad part? No, that's not the bad part. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Alrighty. He continues to hit her and stab her. He then tries to stab Ellen in the head with the knife. On top of on the top of her head. But the knife won't go in. Uh, so, uh, uh. so he grabs the hammer. <gasps> no, 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 no. Don't tell me that. Mm-mm, don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Okay, hang on. Let me... I am... Oh. Maybe I should have asked you about this trigger. Oh. Because this, this piece of information lives in my brain and it will live for the rest of my life. Oh. Okay. I... Okay. I know what you're going to say. Just say it. Just say it. He hammers the knife into her skull. She is completely lucid. Oh. So it's like one of those things, like when you get into an accident mm-hmm. and that piece of rebar, la- like, Blanches into you in just the correct place yeah. where you're like, uh, it's fine. It's just I'm a little in pain right here. Yep. And they're like, well, you have a fucking 16 foot stick of rebar sticking out of yep. you. Yes. But she's got a knife sticking out of her skull. Yeah. Fuck. It's okay. getting ready to get worse. Jesus Christ, Shy. I have to. I can't believe this was your, this is better than murder story. It's ten times better than murder story. Oh, my God. Okay. When he realizes he can't pull the knife out of her head, he places his foot on the top of her head and, in her words, proceeds to shake her head like a rag doll to get it out. Mm-hmm. I'm Ugh. okay. Yeah. I'm getting an actual migraine no. just thinking mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. Yes. Gross. This poor woman, can you imagine? Can you no. ima- no. like can you imagine just having like a normal Tuesday or whatever? Yeah. And your worst nightmare. Then it literally devolves into this shit she even said in the i survived show that after she laughed she then thought oh this isn't wrong maybe i'm in a nightmare and thought she thought well maybe i just need to wake up yeah yeah so she yeah this is my whole nightmare yeah wow okay so he is able to remove the knife. It finally comes free. Okay. Some time did go by that she did not hear him and did not see him 
So she decides to turn her head and looks into the bedroom. And he's standing there, this time no longer in the ninja suit, in regular clothes. And says, turn your head back around. And walks into the bathroom and hits her again with the hammer on the head. I mean, at that point, you just got to play dead, right? Yeah. You, you've you just got to pretend yeah. like you are fucking right. dead. She realized that he wanted her dead, so she was, she decided to just play dead. Yeah. Yeah. More time went by. Jesus. She decides to then play. Remember, Shan, do you she's think, still conscious. Do you think it's like one of those situations where you're like, feels like it's been 30 minutes, but it's really only been two and a half minutes. Yeah. Because you're you're bleeding from the head. You're bleeding from the mm-hmm. neck. You're like, she's you're losing raped, a lot of blood. You're all the things, but you're still conscious. And you're like, all I want is for him to leave so I can figure out how to wriggle my way to a phone or something. Yeah, to get help. And it feels like it's been 30 minutes, but it's really probably only right. two minutes. Right. Right? Yes. I mean. Yeah, more than likely. Ugh, gross. Okay. So, she's playing dead. More time is going by. She does hear him again as he's walking back into the bathroom. He grabs her left hand, and she realizes he's trying to get her rings off her fingers. Yeah. They are not coming off. (gasps) And in her mind, she's thinking, oh, my God, he's going, if my rings don't come off, he will cut my fingers off. Okay. The rings eventually uh, come off her fingers. Thank God, because I cannot handle that. Nope. Yeah, I couldn't either. When she was when she was talking, I was like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. I ooh. Mm-mm. As if the stabbing wasn't enough. Listen. The fingers were mm-hmm. the that just threw it over the top. Yeah. I'm that's the straw that breaks the camel's back for me. Honestly. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay. This whole time she's per- she's pretending to be dead. Yeah. Right. As she should. Mm-hmm. So he leaves. She lets more time go by. But at some point, she's like, if I don't get help, I will die. Sure. Right? Yeah. She's lost a lot of blood at this point. Yeah, because head wounds bleed, bleed so a bad. Lot. Especially yeah. if your heart is still pumping. Oh, man. You And you have a head wound, there's lots of lots of blood. So... Believing he's left, she's like, I I have to get out. I have to find help. She cannot stand. She's lost too much blood. She's got too many injuries. She can't stand. Yeah. So she decides to army crawl through her bedroom. And on the I Survived, she said she slithered down a flight of stairs to the first floor. Yeah. I was trying to figure out, like, I was trying to um, imagine how you do that with arms and legs bound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even if you don't have a head wound and you don't have anything else, like, I'm trying to imagine how you Mm -hmm. uh, move yourself Uh with arms and legs bound. Yeah. Yes. Ew. Yeah. Jesus. She gets to the first floor. She finds a phone. And this is an 86, okay? So yeah. 
She calls her parents. I was hoping they were those rich people that had the phone in the bathroom. No. No. Okay. No. Calls her parents. Um, her parents call an ambulance and then rush to Ellen's home. Ellen says she, as soon as she calls her parents, she then loses consciousness. Thank God. Mm -hmm. But when her parents arrive at her home and she hears her father screaming, she comes to. Okay. uh, Paramedics arrive. She remembers them loading her up and overhearing them say she wasn't going to make it. She said she was unrecognizable. Well, yeah, he's been beating her in the head with a hammer. Mm -hmm. He racked a fucking knife into her brain Mm -hmm. and stabbed her and did all the shit. Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine. Holy shit. Yeah. However, those words from the paramedics brought out that survivor instinct that she had when she initially saw this dude and was like, let's let's throw down. Yeah, let's right? hustle. Um, and was determined to survive. And at one point, she told her father, don't you tell anyone that I'm going to die because I'm not going to die. Okay, bitch. Like, yes. fuck. Bad bitch. Okay. Yes. yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I see... I am not confident that I would have that. Right. I'm not 100% confident that I would have that, like... No, yeah. Oh, fuck you, I'm gonna survive attitude. Right, right. I'd probably be like, I don't know. I'm pretty hard-headed. I don't know. I would like to think that, but if I was... I don't know. I don't I'm know. I'm super hard-headed. If someone so. fucking hammered a knife into my skull, I'd probably be like, Ew. I don't I don't know, man. Yeah. I'd probably be like, well, I know his name. Yeah. Take his name before I go. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, once at the hospital, it was found that she had been, that she had stab wounds in her breasts, back, and head, needing over 600 stitches. God. Um, In a blurred bylines um, dot com interview, Ellen says that the surgeon who put her head back together... Uh, estimated eight to ten places of impact on her head. Uh, I gross. Yep. I mm. a hammer to the skull is just ugh. people don't survive it. She survived eight to ten. Yeah. So they must have had eight to ten skull fractures. Right. Yeah. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And then the knife. Entrance to? Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So, at the end of, um, you know this, at the end of every I Survived, they ask them, why did you survive? Or how did you survive? What what made you survive? Right? And right. some people are like, oh, I you know, our Heavenly Father kept me alive. And, yeah, you know, whatever. all those things. My, yeah. my will to live. I wanted to live for my kids. All that. Yeah. Ellen's response was, and I love this very much. I survived because I wasn't ready to go. I had the strength to make. Um, I had the strength to make it, and I pulled on that strength many times during this ordeal. I wasn't ready to go. Ooh. That's okay. So I saw two different articles, two different reports. One says shortly after her attack. The other says the same day. Uh huh. 
the piece of human garbage yeah. that raped and attacked her and left for dead was arrested trying to cash the check that he had Ellen write. Yeah, because this dumb motherfucker, like, how, mm-hmm. what, what was your fucking end game, dude? Yeah. Like, you were going to cash the check and then they find her dead later and they're not going to question that at all at all like that's your fucking game plan after you've been living in somebody's attic for two days that's the game plan that you came up with yeah like right what a dumbass right okay um he's now luckily he's an idiot Yeah. yeah yeah so um after the attack as you can imagine road to recovery was not easy Oh, Jesus. Like, numerous surgeries, um, all sorts of um, stress-related illnesses is what she... um, She had PTSD. Yeah. Probably severely. Yes. Yes. She said in one interview she had been ripped inside out in every possible way, physically, spiritually, sexually, and emotionally. Yes, queen. Like, fucking, yeah. yeah. It just really... She survived, but she, she wasn't surviving. You, know you what can't I mean? be the same person afterwards. There's oh, just yeah, no. no way. No. Uh, when the case did go to court, the prosecution was unable to charge her attacker with rape because at the time Ellen was too sick to have a rape test. They were oh, just busy keeping her alive. Fuck yourself with that. Yeah. They were too busy keeping her alive to do a rape test. Why do they need that, though? If they have her allegation of rape during the commission of other felonies, why do they need that? I, honestly, I don't know. It was brought up during, brought up in court that the assault, the rape charge, or the rape was brought up in court. But it wasn't one of the charges against him. Which is probably fine, because they have so many other uh, charges that probably carry more... Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Weight he, than that, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but um, wow. Yeah. And his last name is Wrigley. I said it wrong at the beginning. What'd you say? I I think I said Wiggly. I I missed. Fuck that guy. Who cares? Yeah. I, like, that's why. I, like the whole time I was calling piece him of human garbage. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? Literal piece of human garbage. So he would be found guilty of attempted murder and sentenced to life in prison. I'm not sure if this is with parole or without. I mean, this was an '86. And he's still in prison, so. It's Texas, so surely. Hopefully I'll see I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, surely it's life. Well, it may not be without parole. I don't know. Not sure. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. We'll have to look him up on the Texas offender search. Yep. See if he's still kicking in there. Probably. Oh, he is. He is? Yeah, he's still in prison. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's not out and about. No. Good. So that road to recovery, it unfortunately led to a divorce and she lost her job at the time. Oh. She was just not, she was not handling it well. She was not healing well. Um, Just couldn't handle it. How could you? I how honestly fucking have can you? No idea. But listen to how this, this this is why it's one of my favorite I Survive stories, because she not only survived this heinous attack, she went on to thrive and, tr- and like, in the most unlikely of ways. 
Okay. Okay. So she knew she wanted to heal from it. She knew she wanted to. She was tired. Like she had lost everything. Right. But she wanted to heal. She wanted to um, come out stronger than she was before. Uh And I'm like, strong. You survived. You survived all that. I'm you're. You're going to be real strong, like superhero strong. Anyway. Yeah. It was. Okay. So she decided to reach out to other victims of violent crimes and also begin therapy. Good for her. Thank God for therapists. Everyone should do therapy. Everyone. Even if you don't have traumatic. Uh, even if you didn't. Tra- someone didn't almost kill you. You should. Everybody should do therapy. Trauma is different for everyone, and just because you weren't almost killed as a child doesn't mean you didn't suffer trauma in some way, okay? Yeah. Everyone needs therapy. Everyone. Anyways. So, yeah. So, in this blurredbylines.com interview, she said, I wanted to come out stronger than I was before. It took me a long time. Sure. So, over the next few years, Ellen began to speak publicly about her attack And in 1991, she was appointed to the Texas Board of Criminal Justice, the first crime victim to be appointed to the board, and hopefully not the last. So what does she... Okay, so the Texas Board of Criminal Justice. So what is her role on that? Is she, like, in an advisory role for, like, victims, advocates, or what? So let me tell you. Oh, okay. Let me tell you what she Sorry. Yeah. You're fine. So while serving on the board, she taught herself all about the Texas justice system and research potential treatments for rehabilitating sex offenders. Ugh, don't even get me started on that nonsense. Okay, go ahead. She helped to create the Victim Offender Mediation Dialogue Program and the Victim Impact Program. Okay. So even though she survived, like even after surviving this heinous attack... She soon became a huge advocate for restorative justice. Okay. So, Shane, you probably know what restorative justice is. Yeah, but go ahead. But I want to tell everyone what restorative (laughs) justice is. Go ahead. Thanks to Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) So, restorative justice is an approach to justice in which one of the responses to a crime is to organize a meeting between the victim and the offender, mm-hmm. sometimes with representative, rep, excuse me, representatives of the wider community. Uh-huh. The goal is for them to share their experience of what happened, to discuss who was harmed by the crime and how, and to create a consensus for what the offender can do to repair the harm from the offense. Uh-huh. A restorative justice program aims to get offenders to take responsibility for their actions, to understand the harm they have caused, to give them an opportunity to redeem themselves, and to discourage them from causing further harm. Uh So, huge advocate for this. So much so that in 1995... A women's 600-bed substance abuse treatment uh, center was named after her. Okay. That's awesome. Huge. In 1997, she won the um, National Crime Victim Service Award, the highest federal award for service to victims. 
Nice. Yes. Very nice. Yep. We do need way more victims advocates in the criminal justice system. Yes. Overall. Yes. So if she is working to increase the visibility of the victim Mm -hmm. in the criminal justice process, that's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she would later work for Travis County District Attorney's Office as, uh, excuse me, as the office's victim services liaison, mm-hmm. directing victim offender dialogues prior to sentencing. Okay. So while at the Travis County District Attorney Office, she created victim-centered programs and has facilitated conversations between victims and offenders. They provide crime victim orientation meetings for new felony victims and hold monthly crime victim support circles for victims. Good. Which is awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Um, However, while being a huge advocate for restorative justice, she is also a realist and knows that it's not for everyone. It's not. You have to have offenders that are actually willing to take responsibility for their crimes and be genuinely interested in bettering themselves through the process. Mm -hmm. The only reason that restorative justice would reduce recidivism rates is if you can actually get offenders to cop to what they've done and what sort of trauma experiences or traumatic experiences could have led to that and that they are willing to change. Right. Because you can have all the meetings in the world. Right. And if the offender leverages those meetings and says, well, I've met with my victim and we've done restorative justice and all this type of thing. And then they leverage that for, you know, probation or parole and go out and do the same shit again. Right. It's not... No, it's just them. It's not real. Yeah. Abusing that system. Yeah. Yeah. For people that actually have some sort of uh, conscience about what they do and want to change, it is a a great process. And it's funny that you said all that because in here it's, I put everyone recovers and heals differently and she respects those decisions. Also, too, the offender has to be willing to admit guilt. Yep. And as we know, some do not. Yep. Um, Ellen has never spoken with her attacker. He is one of those men. Um, he has denied guilt for the attack. Mm -hmm. So she never got to participate in restorative justice process with her attacker. Yeah. But she still advocates to. I think it is. I think it is a realistic thing for a lot of, uh, types of crimes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's say a lot of types of felony crimes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I personally don't necessarily believe in it for sex offenders mm-hmm. because I think those patterns of behaviors come from a learned behavior, typically from childhood. Right. Um, a lot of sex offenders perpetrate crimes on people that are the same age that they were when they were perpetrated against. Right. Right. It's a cycle. Um, I don't necessarily fully believe in <laughs> in uh some sex offenders being able to change their patterns. Right. Um 
there are other things like community restorative justice, like you were talking about, where community property crimes and things like that, it can be very healing. Right. And that is part of, like, um, community policing policies and things like that. But I think there are some things that it's... I the offender has to be willing to change right. and they have to be willing to admit guilt. Yeah. And for some people it is just a stepping stone and they'll play the game and it's just a stepping stone to help them get out faster. Right. So, right. That is my opinion and I am not a criminal justice professional. Right. No, that's so. a good. I mean, it's it's true. There are people like that out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there, I found a quote of hers. Um, she did an interview with, uh, the justice and reconciliation project online magazine where she says, I can speak from experience when I say the word forgiveness is just a word. Mm -hmm. It means different things to different victims. For some, it means the release of anger for others. It might mean a sense of peace. I do not think forgiveness can be easily defined. It's a personal issue with each victim, and it should stay personal. Mm -hmm. I would never ask a victim to forgive as it is their decision. Yep. We do not walk in their shoes. However, I do feel that restorative justice processes help create a safe place for forgiveness to take place. Mm -hmm. And that, Shanna. Mm -hmm is the amazing survival story of Ellen Halbert. Jesus. That was a whole thing. I know. That was... I just remember seeing this and hearing about it and just... I think the whole... My mind couldn't wrap around that she was completely lucid the whole time. I would not want to be conscious no, I that wouldn't whole either. time. That and is bananas and a half. And how your brain, because usually in traumatic experiences like that, your brain shuts down. Yeah, because right? it's trying to protect you and all yes. of your your organs, your vital yes. organs. Yes. But that, her brain just kept nope. going. They were like, nope, we're going to like make sure you remember everything, every detail. <sighs> so that you I'm, can... So curious. Okay, so for people like this, she says that her attacker has never admitted guilt. Right. Right? And some, you know, some people will never admit guilt. Right, ever. Because they don't want to be outed as the monster that they are. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'm curious, very curious, what that looks like for him so when police are interviewing him or whatever what what does that look like for him does it does is he saying i got this check from her today yeah because i did lawn work last week like what does that look like for him what would be his reasoning for having a check from her on the date that she is right assaulted there is no information about his response when yeah. asked these questions. And it was every article that I could find. And I I was in blurredbylines.com, um, JPR Online Magazine. I survived. Um, 
Wikipedia, like, they they put as little information about this scumbag yeah. online, which honestly I think should happen. I do, too. I hate giving attack. these people an actual name, but right. at the same time, I'm curious about Oh, you know he probably details, gave some bullshit you know? story that he did yard work or he yeah. was a handyman and fixed their whatever, washer and dryer. You know he gave some stupid-ass excuse. Oh, yeah. That's how he got a check from her. But, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just, people like that, though, that don't admit their guilt but you're like you literally have a check from our victim on the date that she's assaulted and her assault started first thing in the morning mm-hmm. so she's not yeah she's not out running errands beforehand you know she hasn't yeah and it it said he was there for at least a couple of hours oh yeah it wasn't just like a break in it sounded like he was just chilling for a while yeah and like would just come back and hit her over the head with a hammer every once in a while just for shits and giggles yeah you know just uh, just a monster really Ugh. god so that was really interesting yeah i i loved the fact that she was like no i'm gonna survive this not only am i gonna survive this i'm gonna help other offenders try and get help yeah like, you can't own your shit your own bullshit, but maybe somebody else can, and maybe we can rehabilitate these people and hopefully um, get them to see that when they hurt people, it hurts. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. I, I don't understand the mindset of criminals, so I don't... Whatever. Like, you steal something... You attack someone, what the fuck are you thinking? Right? Like... Yeah. And for um, so so many of those people, it, I mean, there is childhood trauma in some sort oh, of way, or 100%. earlier life trauma that's like they are literally turning around and just perpetrating the same shit on somebody else that happened to them, right? And so it's like, well, my dad did that to me, so I'm doing it to you, or right, whatever, right? Um, and you know, maybe with enough like intensive therapy that can be solved to to sort of change your mindset or change but but without you have to want the therapy you have to want to change yeah and you have to want to be different the next time you're out of prison right you know when you get the opportunity to be out of prison you have to want to uh, go get that legitimate job or whatever and not steal cars for the rest of your life or whatever the case may be. You have to actually want it, but yeah. there are so many that either don't have the skills or don't have the want mm-hmm. to live that life Right. that they just do their time and do whatever is asked of them and then move on with their lives. Yep. So, I don't know. It's just... One of the best I survived stories. Yeah, I will ever. That was see. gruesome as fuck. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that spoiler or that uh, trigger warning at the beginning was not sufficient. Yeah, I told you it was going to be graphic. <laughs> that was not sufficient. I told you it was going to be graphic. I literally am getting a migraine just thinking about that fucking 
knife sticking out of her head. I will get you some ibuprofen. I am stressed about it. We are sitting in the pod dormer. You're sitting with me. There's no (laughs) knife sticking out of your head. I'm stressed about it, dude. We're going to step out of your anxiety (sighs) um, episode right now. You are in a safe space with me. We're talking on our podcast. (laughs) I'm so stressed about You have no knife in your head, okay? Oof. Oof. You are safe. There were a couple of episodes of I Survived that were like that. When Kara and I would watch it, we would be like... I am having an anxiety meltdown right now because because I think it was because the women especially because men it was sometimes like I got mauled by a bear on a <laughs> hike and was I was a good like one. fuck uh, man but now you're just one. sitting here being like uh, I would hike again four out of five would hike this trail again you know what I mean yeah yeah and I'm like F- like the outdoors are scary yeah. But then women would sit there, and I remember this one specifically, this woman was like, and then he shot me in the head. And I was like, uh, did, because I would like look at Kara and be like, did you just hear that? Or did I make that up that she was like, and then he shot me in the head. Right. With his nine millimeter or whatever. Right. And then he shot me multiple other times. But then I fucking army crawled down the stairs or some shit. And yeah. I'm like, I'm having an anxiety attack right now. And you're just sitting here like, oh, my ex-husband came in the house and shot me in the head. Yeah. Like. Just recanting the story like of survival. Tuesday, like, yeah. And I am having an anxiety attack. Yeah. The ones that really get to me, for whatever reason, are the pregnancy ones where the psycho tries to steal their baby. Oh, my God. I'm like, I don't think I can. I don't, I don't, I don't think I can. And why? Like, I've never had any trauma while I was pregnant or anything. (laughs) So I'm like, (laughs) but the thought of another woman, because it's always women. It's always women. women trying to, because like what I've noticed in multiple, um, uh, baby theft or womb, like them, base like cutting up in somebody's fucking womb, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've noticed is like these women, for whatever reason, can't have kids, or they've found out that they can't can't get pregnant or whatever. And I know that is super traumatic. But they've then, like, told their boyfriend or their husband, right. oh, I am pregnant, mm-hmm. and they've been faking it for months. And now we're at the nine and a half month mark and I haven't figured out my fucking game plan. So I'm just going to go cut a baby out of somebody else. And I'm like, how, yep. how was that your first, how was that plan A? Right. You know? Yeah. Did, how was plan A not like, well, I'm going to tell him I'm a fucking liar and he's going to break up with me. Oh, and that's probably like fine. you got to keep up the facade. Like, oh, yeah. So I'm just whole- like. But then they do shit like message these women on Facebook or Craigslist or whatever and be like, I'm interested in your baby clothes or I have baby clothes for you or whatever. And I'm like, how do you not think that that's all going to be connected? Right. (sighs) Bananas. Yeah, I survived was one of my favorites. But now I think it may have contributed to my anxiety (laughs) disorder, too. (laughs) I love it. The fact that these people survived like the bear maulings just like but how oh yeah that dude that got straight up mauled by a bear when he was on a hike or whatever and i was like well the one where it's two guys 
mauled by a bear. One of them sprays the bear spray in the bear's mouth. That's how close it was. Like, yeah. puts it down his hand, down his throat, and sprays yeah. it. That's the only way they got the bear to run off. I was like, after he scalped the bear. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, my God, I can't. What is happening? Yes. Yeah. You shouldn't survive bear attacks. <laughs> These are. That guy did. Hundreds of pounds. And, yeah. I don't even. I can't even think the, about it. I'm glad that we don't hike where there's bears. I was just in Colorado in August. (laughs) That's on you. I didn't go on that trip. That's on you. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, just saying, man. That was a good one, Shy. Let's do more I Survived. Thanks. That that kept it super light. (laughs) I feel like you're being very smart-assy right now. I am. That was not light at all. That was fucking no, awful. But it was, she survived it, by God, and not only did she survive, like, she totally just killed it after, or, like, completely thrived. Oof. 100% recovery. Helping other victims recover. Just not getting lost in her own grief and, you know. Yeah. And why did this happen to me? Like, she was like, no, I'm going to help other people. And she totally did. She I still t- is. I completely respect that. I completely I respect what she's doing. I cannot say that I would be able to do the same thing. Right. And she's she's completely okay with people being like, I'm not ready for that journey. Yeah. She's like, that's your journey, not mine. Yeah. But it's that she offers it. She completely understands when they, when some of them are like, I can't do it. She's like, okay. Shit. I totally respect that. Yeah. That was good. That was good, Shay. Thanks, Shan. (laughs) If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore okay underscore pod.